And welcome to another edition of Testify here on Eden FM. I thank you for joining us once again. And for those listeners that might be listening a little bit later on podcast, thank you also for your dedication. Thank you so much for making the time. And we trust that this time that you've set aside to hear the testimony of my guest this evening um, will be a blessing to you. And uh, feel free to share, dear listeners, and invite your friends and family and those in your circle to listen to the podcast as well that will be published on Anchor. Yeah, Dunkey Amal, thank you those that are also here in the Southern Cape and that make the time to tune into Eden FM every Monday night. also in the past week for, for um, those on Facebook that have liked the Facebook page. Uh, my family and I truly appreciate your support for this ministry and we thank you for your praise as well. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest this evening. It is a lady. She is all the way from uh, East London here in South Africa. She is a a pastor. She is an author. She's a mom. She's a a lecturer and so much more. I can't even begin to tell you a full repertoire. But that's the way God blessed her in being able to use all her skills. And seeing that we are at the beginning of August, which is Women's Month, I'm so honored to have with me this evening Chantal Davis. Good evening Chantal, how are you? Hi Ingrid, it is such an honor and a privilege to be on this program with you and I want to greet all of your listeners, everyone uh, tuning in right now, you are 
greeted and you are blessed of the Lord. And I pray that as we are just speaking and using this little short time together, that the spirit within you will well up and that the Lord Jesus will put in your heart a fresh purpose for you individually. So it's going to be so good. Awesome. Lovely way to start the program this evening. And definitely you're going to get the inspiration from this very talented lady. So Chantal, tell the listeners a bit about you. Give them a little bit of background as to who Chantal Davis is. That's a very interesting question because Ingrid, years ago, if you were to ask me, so who are you? Then I would think about what can I say? I am, when we were just getting married, me and my husband, I would say, well, my husband is Kevin and we've got a church and you know, all of these little things that we tend to say that this is who we are. And the Lord challenged me and he said to me at the core, who are you? Without all the the thrills, oh, now I can't speak. Ali Afrikaans, what never will come. Um, but who are you at the, at the center, at the core of it? And he showed me, uh, um, and I'm getting into who I really am, but, but, but what my purpose is, is to be a restorer and a rebuilder of homes. And you know what? My name is Chantal. I am, like uh, Ingrid said, my husband is Kevin. We are in the ministry in East London. We are part of River Church in East London. We are blessed to be the lead pastors here. Um, I'm a mom of four boys. Our children are now almost 12 and we've got twins that's turning 10. And then we've got a little one who is four. So my house is full of testosterone. It's very busy. But you know what, Ingrid, you now said all of these things like author and pastor and lecturer and all of those things. But it's interesting when I look at myself, I just see me as a lady who says constantly, I put my hand up and I say, yes, Lord. Here am I. And so he leads us on our path. And I believe for everyone listening tonight, you may say, may be saying, but my life is not exciting. How can I also do these things? And I want to say to you, everything that you've ever wanted is found just outside of your um, comfort zone. If you will just say, Lord Jesus, use me to advance your kingdom. So that's in a nutshell who I am. Fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, so inspiring in your words there, Chantal. So you're going to speak to the listeners this evening about exactly that that's on your heart, that you felt the Lord place on your heart to speak to them about this evening. And it's got to do with the ministry as well uh, that you do. And you're saying it's got to do with restoration. So please, Chantal, tell us, what is it that the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart this evening to be able to share with our listeners in terms of your testimony right so I want to really speak to you about purpose and identity in this time as children of God the people might look from the outside and look at the church and say why does it seem like the church is weak what is happening to the church they don't walk in identity and purpose and this is where I feel so strongly about the authority of the believer what God has placed in us not through our own strength strength but through Christ who has said to us, I have healed you, I've set you free, now go and be my ambassadors on the earth. But we struggle with that because you see the enemy has an ace up his sleeve. I call it like that in my book that I wrote, Royal Comeback. But the ace up the enemy's sleeve is he comes with rejection. Every single person on this earth, I believe, has experienced some form of rejection in their lives. And then when you are rejected, you can't live out your full purpose because you go according what you think other people think about you. And we put up a facade or we just get so introverted and, and, and um, skeptical and just truly so harsh upon ourselves that we become depressed. 
we don't walk in our purpose. Um, and ultimately, that's where people find themselves wanting to commit suicide or wanting to take themselves out of this life because you feel like I am not good enough. I am shameful. Who am I? So I think if we can delve into that a little bit. And then also the role of a father. What is the role of a father? And what is so vitally important about that is that our country has been faced with fatherlessness, absent fathers, if you want to say it like that. Even dads who are in the house, but they are not imparting the identity and the purpose as God intended for them. And then the children are walking around on this earth as wanderers without identity. That is so true, Chantal. I'm a, you know, the, the, the scripture verse that comes to mind for me is the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And the core of that is attacking us as individuals, attacking that very identity. And it starts at such a young age already. You, I'm experiencing it in my own context at the moment and I've been speaking into my family about it as well and how we have to be so vigilant about the devil's plans and what he comes to do. And I often say to someone, you know, your brokenness is also uh, an indication of, your, of what your purpose is meant to be. You make for greatness, you know, and so you need to understand that to overcome it. So, Chantal, yes, just another point then about um, the attack of the devil and how we need to overcome that. Please give us insight as to what you think is the approach that we should be taking as believers. Okay, so the word says that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Paul said that you have to be sober. Firstly, I want to say to you, that means you should not be intoxicated in this time. Stop craving after things like alcohol and crutches and drugs and whatever that fills the desire of the soul realm and go after Jesus because he says, be vigilant because the enemy wants to come and he wants to steal and kill and he wants to take everything from you. He wants to not stop until he has totally annihilated you. So don't think he's your friend. He's just coming to play around with you. No, he wants to destroy you because of the very purpose and the, the Christ likeness that's inside of you. Right, So we have to be aware. And how does he then come in? If I have just said that the authority has been given to us as the believer, what is the position of the devil right now? Well, the word says that he is a defeated foe. So if he is defeated and we have the authority, then we just have to recognize how he comes in. And he comes in through the mind. The battleground is in our minds. And he comes in through the newscast, especially now. I think the, the clearest indication or showcase has been these past two years. Where if you allow him, he will come from, from anything, from Facebook, um, the, the newscast on your television day by day that's coming into your household, that is declaring to you that there's no future in this country anymore, that there is death and destruction. If you see the numbers and the cases of COVID rising, the number of people dying, fear constantly grips your heart. And if you are not rooted and founded upon the word of God that tells you who you truly are, then we are easily susceptible to what the devil says and we fall prey to that. And that becomes the authority in our lives. And you know what? That is when the word says, that is when he wants to devour you because he obtains the right to fear, bring fear. And then you think, uh, I might as well take my life. My business will never survive. My children are wayward. Um, my marriage is broken, whatever it might be. But I want to challenge us to get back into the word of God. 
that is why it says that there is now a remnant only that will still remain uh, followers of Christ. Because you see, the word of God calls for us to become holy and, and, and pure. And this is not what the world wants. The world says to us, you can marry anyone. You can have sex as much as you want. If you fall pregnant, you can abort. It's all your choice. If you don't want to be a boy anymore, become a girl. If you want to, whatever. So all of those things are there. And it's the lust of the flesh. It is the beautiful light, bright light that's shining that says to you, this is the way. But I want to say to you, child of God, Incline your ear to the spirit of God, as he says to you, that narrow is the way. But if you will follow after Jesus, that you won't only have eternal life. He also wants to give us life in abundance while we are in the land of the living. So that is a choice that we have to make. But like Ingrid said, that rejection even comes in in the young age. Little children perceive correction. Listen to this. They perceive correction as rejection. And then they think, oh, if mommy says this and that, that she doesn't want me. She doesn't like me. And they don't yet have the ability to go to Father God and to say this thing that I've received now, this correction, is mommy rejecting me? They don't have that ability. So they just take it as mommy hates me, whatever, I must run away from home. And they don't have that ability. And that is where the enemy comes in. And he steals even from our children. And that is why I want to say to you, Ingrid, do we have a few minutes before we have to listen to a song? One, two minutes? Yes, absolutely. Right. You may go ahead. Awesome. So this is where I want to speak to the daddies tonight. Daddies, fathers, I want to say to you that you are not just there to be the breadwinner. You are not just there to bring the funds in. You are slaving yourself off in inverted brackets every day, working so hard. And when you come home, it feels like there's an extra burden on you. Everyone just wants something from you. And you see, that is where uh, when we find our children coming to the age of puberty, 12, 13, whatever it might be, even younger these days, then they need something of you as the father. When a child is young, a mom is the one who nurtures and cares, and she has that ability to love on that child. But there is a certain thing where God placed a father to be the one that is the pointer, the one that directs your children into the way that they should go for their future. We see this so beautifully in the, in the Jewish culture, where every single Friday night, it's family night, it is Shabbat. And I'm not saying go back to Jewish culture, but look at what they do. Every Friday night, the family will get together and they will be eating, breaking bread together. They will have fellowship. And one of the things that they do is either the mom or the dad will specifically highlight something that the child did in the week that stood out for them, something that the child did well. Because if you think our children go to school, our lives are so busy. If you really think about the amount of time that we have to impart into our children, and I'm not talking when they're at home during COVID or lockdown, but normally, that you have so little time to spend with your children. And when you get home, you're tired, etc. So many times, the only words that the child hears from their parents is a rebuke, whatever. And that is what they perceive Mommy and daddy doesn't even approve of me. But what these parents do is they say something specifically what they were. This child did well this week. Johnny, you did this. Mom was so proud of you. Dad saw that you greeted that person with absolute respect. You know, that is what a man of honor does and so, and so, so forth. And then what they would do is that the father would every Friday night speak over the girl and over the boy 
purpose and destiny. And he would say, for example, Ingrid, you are a woman with greatness inside of you. You know, God has placed a man in your future waiting just for you. You are going to be a woman that's going to have many children. Your children are going to bless you. You are going to be successful in your community. Everyone is going to look up at you. There is no boy that's going to come through the door seeking your heart if he doesn't come through me, who is your father. You know what happens in Ingrid's heart when dad says that? She can take pride. My father sees me. He thinks I'm beautiful. He says I've got a future. I can rest assured that no boy is going to come to my heart if he doesn't go through my dad, that it's the doorway. So Ingrid never has to put up a, a thing in front of her heart to protect herself against really or unruly testosterone-filled young boys who wants to come and take something that does not yet belong to them or to her. Now, on the, the boy's side, he will say whatever the boy's name is, and he will say, you're a man of honor. You're going to be successful. There is a great plan and purpose for you. You've got one wife. She's going to love you and adore you. She's going to have many children for you. Man, she's going to just admire you, etc. What this does for the young man is he knows he's going to be successful. He's not wondering, should I go work at spa or pep stores after school because I don't know what I'm going to become? He knows. Dad said I'm going to be a doctor. There's a future for me. So do you just hear how different that is? And I want to say to you, that's something that God put in place so that his children and their children can walk in purpose. And if we would take root or take heart, this one root little thing to change the way and to impart identity and destiny. You know what, dad? Sometimes you don't need to provide more. Sometimes you don't need to buy iPads and things to gain their love and to show them that you actually care for them. It is a little word of acknowledgement. It is that little thing that you say to them, my child, Jesus placed you in our lives. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so proud of you. And you might say now, my teenager is unruly. I don't even want to speak to them. They've got no manners whatsoever. But if you start with the little things, they will be drawn unto you. Children seek affirmation from their fathers. That is so beautifully put, Chantal, and we can speak so much more about this, which we're going to do. We're going to our first song now, and this song is You Know My Name by Tasha Cross. with me. 
welcome back, dear listeners. You are listening to Testify on Eden FM. I'm Ingrid Carly Moses, and with me this evening is Chantal Davis. She's my guest. She's from River Church in East London. And Chantal's been telling us or sharing with us the importance of identity and purpose in Christ. And just before that song, um, she beautifully framed for us the importance of a father's life in children or or towards children and their destiny. Um, Chantal, you touched on a few things there that I'd like to go back to. You spoke about tradition. Now, for me, one of my my anchor verses um, in terms of raising children is in Deuteronomy, where it says that we have to, you know, teach our children in everything that we do in life. It is whether you're walking, whether you are playing, whether you are sitting together, and you used some beautiful examples uh, in in your, your, your reflection earlier on. Please share with the listeners a bit more then about how we can bring this into our everyday life. Like you said, it's so easy. We don't need to have a lot of money to do that. But as you start doing that from a young age, just the value of that. 100%. You might even wonder, is it too late if I've got grown children, adult children? Now they are making their own choices in life and, and we didn't know any better. And we just tried our best to provide for them. But I can see now that the effects of maybe the lack of uh, love that we gave or the lack of of affirmation of identity is now playing a role. You know what, parents? God is so faithful that he gives us, by his grace, opportunities to make right. So I just wanted to say that maybe there's a parent out there tonight that shame wants to come and sit on you. Again, that is a tactic of the enemy. Always remember that the thoughts that come into your mind is not all just your thoughts. It's not all just pure and noble. No, you have to recognize it and by the spirit determine, is this from the enemy? Does he want to come and steal, bring fear in my life, put shame on me again? And if something is contradictory to the word of God, then as a child of the Lord, you say, listen, listen, devil, you've got no right to say that to me. Jesus has washed me clean. It's a new life. My slate is clean and you move forward but you have to pull certain things down. That's just a side note. Now, for parents out there, um, it's the little things. And sometimes we struggle with the little things. We struggle with those things because we're not used to them. But uh, I believe that in this time that the Lord, it says obviously in Malachi, that the Lord is turning the hearts of the fathers and the sons and daughters together again. He's reconciling again. And I see the most beautiful thing where our previous generation, the fathers, were not used to speaking out that much. Uh, in the households where they grew up, it was, it was more cold emotionally. A child had to be seen and not heard, right? And I believe there in George, I've seen the, the things next to the, the road. A child should be seen and not hurt. What is that? Not physically harmed or whatever. I remember something like that. But um, nowadays, it's more open. We have, we're more emotionally open towards our children and so forth. And they are also allowed to speak out. And I want you to use those opportunities to speak and to gain the trust of your children. And then as a mom of boys, what I am learning right now, I'm not an expert at this yet. I'm trusting the Lord Jesus to help me. But I have seen that my manner that I'm going about with my boys, for example, as a mom, is I'm speaking from a love perspective. 
Oh, I love you. Oh, don't you love me? Don't you want to come and give mom a kiss and whatever? And at the age where they are pre-puberty and puberty, they might push you away because that is not what they want at this moment. And you know what? For a mom out there, you maybe you're a single mom. Many of our people are single mothers trying to raise the children to the best of their ability. But I want to say to your mom, if you've got boys, remember that he filters things through respect. And that is how God made them. And in simple ways, you can say to him, you can scold him still. You can correct him. Never said you should not do that. But when you correct him, if you add a simple word as, I don't mean to dishonor you, or I don't mean to disrespect you, hear what mom is saying when mom is uh, correcting you right now. Just the fact that they hear that word respect and honor puts them in a position where their hearts are being opened because they don't just think that mom is coming down hard at them. And I want to say to you, moms, just as I said, the father has a vital role to play to put the child on the trajectory. My, my tongue doesn't want to say <laughs> Trajectory, that yes, the trajectory. trajectory. I've Thank got you that so also. Much. <laughs> Thank you. So, but for us as moms, we can truly open the hearts of our boys because you see the relationship that they have with us is so important for their futures. And if you can see already that in your son, whether he's small or a young man, within that son is a man already. The young man that you want him to become is already in that son and he gauges things through the filter of respect. That's just another side note. So now quickly, let's talk about um, how rejection plays a role if the father was not there or the child perceived rejection. And mostly if you ask a parent, did you ever intentionally go about to go and reject your child? I believe that most parents would say, I would never do that. Never. That's not my heart's intention. But because this is, remember, I said the ace up the enemy's sleeve, how he comes in to seal the purpose of your child. It goes unnoticed. We don't recognize the moment when rejection happens in our children's lives. And that is where you can ask the Lord, show to me, Lord, is there any lie that my child has been believing that causes them to uh, wander away from the purpose that you have for their lives? Now, we get two types of rejection. When perceived rejection or real rejection, I mean, rejection can also be real. um, And it happens even before birth, like you know, Ingrid. Um, if, if, If the child was born out of wedlock or there was a rape that took place and there was a child conceived from that, the spirit of that child can understand that they were not wanted. And you know what? Even though if the mom then has that child, nurtures that child, etc., the lie took place right there in the womb, and you will see the effects of it later on in life. And that is where I believe that Jesus then comes in. But the effects, firstly, is that that child either goes into a fear of further rejection. What does that mean? They put up a wall in front of their hearts because I don't want anyone else to reject me. Uh, This can be an authority figure even in their lives. This can be a leader in the church. This can be your boss at your workplace. It's not just about children. It's even us. And we will see that when we have been rejected and we have that fear of further, further rejection, we will see that throughout our lives, we will place authority figures on the outside. We don't want people to speak into our lives because we are fearing to get hurt again. Um, This will many times uh, operate as anger as bitterness that comes into your heart, rebellion of a young child as a teenager. Many times rebellion is rooted in rejection, that that child felt unwanted and now they will push you away. You will not penetrate my heart. You don't have any right. And if that is your child or that have been you, 
lay that down at the Lord's feet. But the second one is then self-rejection. Self-rejection is when you feel so unworthy and you actually start agreeing with the lie of you are unworthy. Then you start saying, well, maybe I am not worth anything. It's when you start agreeing with the lie that was told to you and then self-pity starts happening. You start turning inward, despair, depression. You see, you don't take that lie to Jesus and you start believing on it. You start pondering on it and it starts growing. I don't know, many of you know the story of the two wolves where the grandpa said to the son, son, there were two wolves and they were always fighting each other until a day that the one won over the other one. And the little boy said to the grandfather, grandfather, which wolf is it that won? And he said it was the one that was fed the whole time. You see, it is the one, it's the, the tree that we nurture. It is the lie that we believe the whole time that grows and ultimately comes to destroy us. That is the wolf that will win at the end. If you feed it with love and acceptance and the word of God, then that good one will win. But in every person, the innate nurse um, nature of a person is that there is that darkness. There is that evil. And that is how you have to overcome it by the blood of the lamb and being in the word of God. But just coming back to this now, I'm going to stop now, Ingrid. <laughs> is if, if, if you have been perceiving or if you felt rejected for most of your life, and it then can start manifesting in your body, sickness, um, uh, under eating, overeating, all sorts of things. Because you see the soul realm, which is our mind, our will and our emotions, our flesh basically, wants to act upon this. It, it showcases that something within us is not right. And that is where we become sick in ourselves. We become truly depressed, needing medication to help us through each day. But you will find that there is no fulfillment. And tonight, I just want to quickly pray over you, child of God, and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for firstly showing, showing with your light and your love where the, the, the light took place in this beautiful person's heart who you so love. And I pray that you will come and enlighten that. You will uproot that lie. And that you will cleanse and heal this person in totality, that you will set them on course. Even if dad or mom was not there to impart identity, I thank you that you are our creator. You know what we need. You know the purpose why we were born to be on this earth. So I thank you for doing a supernatural act tonight in any individual who is hungry for the truth and for identity. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chantal. And we're going to follow up that prayer with a song called New Name by People and Song. I was lost in shame, could not get past my blame until he called my
Welcome back, dear listeners. I want to thank my guest, Chantal, for that beautiful prayer um, that she's prayed for us in terms of identity and purpose and that song we've just heard called New Name. Yes, and Chantal, so, so, so powerful and absolutely down to the root cause of what's happening uh, in life where we attach ourselves to the lies. We attach ourselves to that that, that sense of self-worth and lack of identity. Maybe if you can give a sense to the listeners then. So this is maybe what we do to ourselves. How can we turn this around? How can we find our back, our way back to the Lord? Because yes, it's not just about eternal life, but God truly does want us to live a, a happy, a pleasant, a satisfying life here on earth right now in this realm. What can we do as Christians that might find ourselves tangled up in the situation of sense of unworthiness of having lost our identity or not being sure of our identity and purpose. Right. So I think Ingrid to, to just go back here and to say to the listeners where I come from, why I'm speaking about this and why I'm passionate about it mm-hmm. is my parents were divorced. It was the typical case that I want to say it's sad, but it's typical, but in our country, it's so real. Um, typical case being divorced and my father um, he was taken out of the picture right at the moment where I needed to know who am I so I started wondering and that is where I started getting involved with boys um, who wanted to take everything that didn't belong to them they couldn't impart anything so I was lost and broken and the more that they um, they didn't deposit anything they withdrew even and I was walking around it seemed like a dead person walking like a skeleton walking around. Now I don't have identity. I don't have uh, integrity. So everything just amplifies the fact that I am worthless. I shouldn't have even been alive. And you know what? I went between these two of the fear of further rejection, where I said to you is the hardening of the heart. So I was super rebellious, um, going into drugs, smoking, pushing every single person away from me that even wanted to give me love. I didn't trust them. And then when that grows into a certain point, I went into a place of being absolutely depressed. Um, thoughts of suicide plaguing my mind constant, constantly. Um, and, and there you find yourself at a pit of despair, not knowing what I needed even to do with my life. I was wandering around everywhere. And then I was even in that time looking at my horoscope. Now, I pray that the Lord will release everyone from needing to tell your future in that. Your future is in Christ. But I was looking at this horoscope today. And you can almost say it as horoscope. Um, It's the devil's domain. And it said to me that I am a person that has to aim high and roam free. Oh, that sounded so beautiful. And I thought I'm going to be a roamer. I'm going to go all over the world. I have to be free and so forth. But years later, when I delved into it and I look at what roaming means, it means that someone whose soul is never at peace, someone who is never planted, never rooted. And you know what? When the Lord then took me on a journey, firstly, to discover him, I thought because I grew up in the church, in the Dutch Reformed Church, and um, we went faithfully and so forth. So I thought that was the epitome of Christianity. I couldn't understand why I was always yawning in the church service. I'm so sorry about that. But there was nothing that, that, that stood out for me. It, it felt to me like a ritual, like, and I was condemned. When I opened up my Bible, I would randomly open it up somewhere in the middle and it would be death and destruction. And I thought that I am the wicked. When it spoke about the wicked will lead to death, I was the wicked. So it amplified my shortcomings. And I thought, 
God is just there to zap me when I do something wrong. He is there to point out that I am so wicked until I met the loving Jesus. And you know what? It was actually my husband, then my, my, my friend who said to me, um, if we are going to pursue a relationship, I want to know, and I'm going to ask you, where are you going to spend eternity? Is it with the Lord or are you going to hell? And I was offended by that question. I thought, who are you to ask me that? But you know what? I couldn't get away from that question because it's an eternal question. And I knew that the answer would be that I would be damned to hell. And I said, no, I want Jesus. Even if the relationship doesn't work, I knew I needed Jesus. And the Lord took me on the most beautiful journey of starting to impart. You know what? He's so gracious. He doesn't do that all at once because we can't take that. It's years of wrong thinking and believing that he comes to undo and he encounters us and he showcases to us who we are in him. And he started to impart. He broke down the hardness of my heart as I was willing to repent. And I was hungry for him. But still, there were areas where I felt I'm not beautiful. I'm, I was comparing myself with every other woman out there. That one's taller. That one's more beautiful. That one has got whatever it might be. As a teenager, you want bigger boobs and you want smaller this. And let's just call it as it is. So I was always comparing, always felt like I could not speak to any person and so forth. So there was lots of work needed to be done. And then one day at a women's conference, I felt the Lord speaking to me. And he said to me, Chantal, I want you to... Uh, minister my word to thousands of people. And I thought, no, I can't do that. But the moment when I said, I can't do that, Lord, it was a scripture that came up that said, you have to pull down every high thing that wants to exalt itself above Christ. And I did that. And my husband said to me that time, even if you can't do it, remember I bunked class um, if it was oral time. I, I did not want to be in a position where I needed to speak to anyone. And here God comes and says to me, I want you to showcase to the world who I am. I thought, oh my goodness, Lord Jesus, this is too big for me. But I submitted under him. And you know what? That is how I grew. That is how I was challenged. And my husband said to me always, if someone asks you to do something, even if you cannot do it, you don't have the skill or the ability, you always say yes. And then you go about and you learn and you discover and you do research and you come to the party and, and the Lord Jesus will help you. And it was by that I want to say to persons out there, that is how my book came about. That is how every other opportunity came about. That is just how it came about that I took the step to just say to one person, do you know what? I want to testify to you that Jesus set me free from all of this addiction and bondage and brokenness and, and whatever there was in my soul. And I know that he wants to do that for you. And as you start taking small steps of obedience. Oh, yes. And I'm just reminded right now. Remember my father when I was about 12, 13. So he was out of the picture and, and he was very hard. Man of very few words. And I needed him. He never said to me that he loves me. Now, one day in grade 10, when he dropped me off at school, I said, okay, bye, dad, see you again. And he, I think he had it was like, okay, I love you. And I was so distraught by hearing those words that I always longed to hear, that I couldn't focus, but I didn't hear them again. Anyway, and then there was this thing where I felt shackled to him. I wanted him to love me. And the more I wanted and needed him to do something, the more he pushed me away because he couldn't give me what I needed. And then I encountered the Lord one day again. And he said to me, you have to release your father. You have to forgive him. You have to break those shackles off of you. And I must become your father. And I had an encounter with the Lord and I screamed out and I said, Father God, 
today you become my dad and I know that you'll be my provider and you'll never leave me. You're not one who runs out on me, etc. And you know what? Things changed that day because I started not needing anything from my dad, totally depending on God the Father. And you know, the beautiful thing that I can say to you now, years after, is that my relationship with my natural father is restored in totality. He is amazed by even me preaching the word right now. And you know what happened? Because I didn't long for him. I wasn't needy anymore. And suddenly I could impart. I could give back to him. And it changed his hard, hard heart into soft and malleable soil in which the Lord Jesus could start working. So I want to say to you, that's practical things. That's how it works. The Lord has a journey for each of us. And if we will just allow him, if we will just say, Lord, I take off my hands. I cannot take the reins anymore. I tried to work my life. I tried to, to do this thing, to steer it, but I see that I am messing it up. I am allowing you, Lord, to take the lead and to take me on that beautiful pathway. Ingrid, do we have a minute? Yeah, we're going to go to another song. When we come back, we're going to wrap okay. up Chantal. And I think beautifully Woo. positioned at that point in time. <laughs> and this song now is called Refiner's Fire. I just think it's so beautiful to come in right now in, at this point of Chantal's testimony. Refiner's Fire. Just what she had gone through by saying, yes, Lord, and taking small steps of obedience, how he refined her and ultimately the relationship with the dad and her dad as well. And so too, dear listeners, it can be for you. So let's listen to this beautiful song by War Worship called Refiner's Fire.
Satan's secret weapons, temporary fixes. Satan's secret weapons, temporary fixes. Satan's secret weapons. Welcome back, dear listeners. You, what a jam-packed program this evening. And so, so blessed to be with my guest, Chantal Davis, who's talking to us about identity and purpose. And you can truly get the gist of how she understands what she's talking about because she herself has been through it. So, Chantal, we've come to the end of the program. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. But it's been so, so, so enlightening speaking to you about this topic and hearing your testimony. So in uh, in wrapping up this evening then, Chantal, um, the last component that you would like to share with our guests, please go ahead. Perfect. So thank you so much for listening. And I pray really that the Lord will set you on your pathway tonight. I want to share the scripture with you quickly. It's in Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 16. And this is about the ancient ways that God says. He says here, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. And then you ask for the old, the godly way, and that you will walk in it. Travel that path and you will find rest for your souls. But it says that you reply, no, that's not the road that we want. Many people say, no, we don't want that. But I want to say to you that God is putting in front of us even today, the old way, the trusted way. When I say the old way, it doesn't mean that it is not relative for this day. It doesn't mean that God is not with it. He doesn't understand the trends of our time. He is um, 
far from what we are going through. No, he says that my word has the true way for your life. And if you will just come and walk this path, that I will show you what I have in store for you. True life, wealth in every area, uh, prosperity in relationships, financially, everything like that. And I pray, listeners, that we will not be those who says, no, God, I will walk my own way. Go on to that pathway. And um, to end it all off, I just want to say to you that uh, when we sin and when we habitually walk uh, in unrighteousness and we don't want to accept Jesus, that it has three areas in our lives where it will affect us. And I want to quickly showcase this to you. It says in Psalm 32, David was speaking. And you remember, he stepped into sin. He, there was Bathsheba. He was not at the place where king should be um, on the battleground. And things just started going wrong. At the end of the day, there was an illegitimate baby born who died. And everything just was messed up in his life. And yeah, in Psalm 32, he says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body started wasting away. I was groaning all day and all night, and your hand of discipline was very heavy on me. It says my strength evaporated like water. And then he says in verse five, finally, I confessed all of my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and he forgave me, and all my guilt is gone. Three things happened there. His physical body wasted away. He was getting sick in his natural body. That is what it does when we are bitter. It doesn't even have to be sin as to say that you have murdered somebody. It is just the things that it's eating away at you inside, bitterness, um, even offense and all of those things. Your physical body, he says his bones grew old. Then emotionally, it says that he, he moaned and groaned all day long. He was unhappy in himself because he knew he was not in unity with Christ. And then finally, it says that the water evaporated. There was a drought. It means that his finances dried up, financial area. So I want to say to you today, if things have always, you have been saying maybe there's cycles in my life and you have called into Ingrid and you said, Ingrid says, pray with me. I want to get rid of, of what's happening in my life. Never Things never seem to change. Maybe it's time to just go before Jesus and to say, Lord, I confess of not allowing you to lead my life. I confess of everything that I've kept in darkness, all the hidden things, even just the thoughts in my mind, the anger towards my parents that was not there, whatever it might be. And then like David, I believe because that's what the word says. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He brings healing back to your body. Your finances will start growing again because then suddenly you want to become that conduit, the one who sows and gives into the kingdom. Hallelujah. And you stop the cycle of poverty and lack and brokenness in your life. It is in our hands, friends. How can that be? Because he says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 15, I set before you two paths. The one is life and the one is death. And he says, oh, that you, my children, will choose life. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you so much for these words of inspiration, Chantal. I feel just so uplifted. And at the same time, you know, again, just motivated in so many ways. Again, affirmations through what you've said, as well as also thoughts that I need to go and reflect on and say, mm, Ingrid, and listeners, I'm sure that you might find yourself in the same place. But nonetheless, we know that we've got a God that has that is um, love that loves us. His love is all abounding. We have a God whose saving grace is there for us every single day. But we also mm -hmm. need to acknowledge our need for him. 
and our need of him because that's part of who we are and what will carry us through. Thank you for that beautiful reminder, Chantal. Um, Chantal, oh, if, if, the, if the listeners would like to get hold of you or part of your ministry, or uh, how can they do that? Give, give, give us some details. Is there a website where they can learn more about you? Perfect, yes. There's a website. It's called Royal Comeback, royal as in royalty, royalcomeback.com. You can send me an email at info at royalcomeback.com. And you can get a hold of me probably through Ingrid as well. And I'd love to support you, be there for you. Thank you so much, Chantal. I'm going to close off the program now with a prayer. Father God, I thank you for this time that we've had uh, to spend together with you. Lord Father, you speak words in so many different ways and different levels. I say that, Lord, because you touch us, Lord, in every part of our being. Thank you, Lord, for this testimony by Chantal this evening. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in her life. And that's through what you've done in her life. She's been able to share that love, that teaching, that revelation with others as well. Father, I trust that every Everyone that listens to this program, whether it's now this evening on the radio or whether it's in the future in podcast form, that your word will never get old, that it will reach the intention, Lord, that you have set it out for. Thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to choose life and that you open up that doorway for us, Lord, at any given point in our life. Lord, help us to be obedient through the Holy Spirit where we take those small little steps every day, Lord, to seek you more and more. Thank you, Lord, for your saving grace. And Father, we love you, we glorify you, we amplify you, and we want to be with you. Thank you, Lord, that you give us that privilege every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chantal. Go well and God bless you. Most beautiful, yeah. most beautiful. 